pastors Michael and Brenda Brunzo welcome you and thank you for listening to the following message. This message was recorded during a regular service at Faith Fellowship Church. The Bible tells us in Romans 10, 17, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. So we believe this message will encourage and strengthen you in your daily walk of faith. God bless you as you listen. Good evening, everyone. So glad that you decided to join with us. Gather together with us on Facebook Live just to get a little bit of the word this evening. Hallelujah. The, the rain has started to come in, been raining all day long. And sometime tonight it'll change over to freezing rain. And the roads will be a mess tomorrow. Probably the next day. But it's good that we're home. Get to enjoy some time of fellowship in the Word this evening. Hallelujah. Uh, if you've got your Bibles with you and you want to join along with us in the Word, uh, we're going to be reading from Acts chapter 27 tonight. You know, uh, I'll... Um, a lot of you folks that be watching this and taking the time to to watch this Facebook Live, either live or on a repeat, whenever you get a chance to see it, um, I'm sure a lot of you are carrying a heavy burden for something. Um, carrying a load of care. The good news is that you can lighten your load and... You can even get rid of it. The Word of God says, cast all your care on me for I care for you. Jesus talking to us. You know, so we're in the Lord's care now. So we got to relax. We got to take it easy. You know, got a feeling everything's going to be all right. Amen. So, like I said, we're going to be looking at the 27th chapter of the book of Acts tonight. You know, the Apostle Paul was sold out to Jesus. And he was so dedicated to, to sharing Christ to the world that he didn't have any regard for his own safety. And, you know, as he was traveling back to Jerusalem, you know, at, at the end of his third missionary journey he was warned several times you know don't go back if you go back you're going to get arrested if you go if you go that way you're going to be arrested you're going to be in trouble you know prophetic ministers had had told him you know trouble was on the way and that if you go to Jerusalem you're going to be arrested you're going to be jailed but he knew that he had to go back he knew he had to go there and he knew that's where he he needed to be and that somehow, some way that God would get the glory from it. And sure enough, he was arrested. He was held in prison for two years. And finally he appealed to, finally he told him, hey, I'm a Roman citizen. And so he appealed to the courts of Caesar, and so he was going to have to go to Rome to present his case. And so here in the book of Acts chapter 27, it'll fill us in a little bit. 
I'm reading the uh, New King James Version. Acts chapter 27, starting in verse 1. It says, And when it was decided that we should sail to Italy, they delivered Paul and some other prisoners to one named Julius, a centurion of the Augustan Regiment. So entering a ship of Red... Adramatium, don't know if that's right or not, it's close. We put to sea, meaning to sail along the coast of Asia, Aristarchus, and a Macedonian of Thessalonica was with us, and the next day we landed in Sidon, and Julius treated Paul kindly and gave him liberty to go to his friends and receive care. When we had put to sea from there, we sailed under the shelter of Cyprus because of the winds were contrary. And when we had sailed over the sea, which is off Sicilia and Pamphylia, we came to Myra, the city of Lycia. There the centurion found an Alexandrian ship sailing to Italy, and he put us on board. When we had sailed slowly many, mile, many days and arrived with difficulty off of Snidus, the wind not permitting us to proceed, we sailed under the shelter of Crete off Solomon. Passing it with difficulty, we came to a place called Fair Havens near the city of Lycia. Now, when much time had been spent and sailing was now dangerous because the fast was already over, Paul advised them, saying, Men, I perceive that this voyage will end with disaster and much loss, not only of the cargo and the ship, but also of our lives. Nevertheless, the centurion was more persuaded by the helmsman and the owner of the ship than by the things that were spoken by Paul. And because the harbor wasn't suitable to winter in, the majority advised to set sail from there also, if by any means they could reach Phoenix, a harbor of Crete, opening toward the southwest and northwest and winter there. You know, a lot of times the majority isn't always right. Verse 13 says, When the south wind blew softly, supposing they had obtained their desire, putting out the sea, they sailed close by Crete. But not long after, a tempestuous head wind arose called Eurycliton, and then so the ship, so when the ship was caught and could not head into the wind, we let her drive. And running under the shelter of an island called Clauda, we secured the skiff with difficulty. When they had taken it on board, they used cables to undergird the ship, and fearing lest they should run aground on the Sirtis sands, they struck sail and were so driven. And because we were exceedingly tempest-tossed, the next day they lightened the ship. On the third day, we threw the ship's tackle overboard with our own hands. Now, when neither sun nor stars appeared for many days and no small tempest beat on us, all hope that we would be saved was finally given up. Now, here they are. They're setting sail and they're taking Paul and trying to get him to Rome. And they're just meeting storm after storm and wind after wind. And things are, are, are going bad. You know, they, they had the skiff that was probably running alongside their their bigger ship. And, and it started getting driven by the winds and the waves. And so they... And so they 
took it and brought it onto the ship, tied it down, lashed it down so that they wouldn't lose anything because they were more concerned with the cargo at that time. And, and you know, every sailor knows that you can't ride out a storm in an overburdened ship because if your ship's got too much stuff on it, it sits low in the water. It's easier for the storm waters to get into the ship and you'll take on excess water and you'll sink. It's not the water around the ship that's the problem. It's the water that gets in your ship that's the problem. The water that gets in your ship is what's going to sink you. And, and so, you know, and, and the same thing goes for us. When we're carrying useless burdens around and the storm comes up, we're in danger of sinking. We're in danger of the things going on around us getting inside us and causing us to go down and to lose out and miss our opportunity with God. We'll be in danger of sinking. Like all these sailors, you know, they, 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 they were giving up hope. They, they, it said there, all hope that we would be saved was finally given up. Verse 21 says, but after long abstinence from food, then Paul stood in the midst of them and said, men, you should have listened to me and not have sailed to Crete and incurred this disaster and loss. You know, uh, this gives us a little bit of a glimpse uh, of the character of Paul. He wasn't about to let them off the hook without letting them know, I told you so. I told you, you know, we, we're, you should have listened to me. I told you it was going to be bad if we, if we left. We should have stayed there. We should have stayed and stood to just, just went, but. They didn't want to listen to Paul. But why did he have to start off reminding them of what he said? Because he wanted them to pay attention now to what he was getting ready to say. He had already told them before, you know, we shouldn't do this. They did it. They got in this mess. And now he's wanting to tell them something else. And so he's telling them this. You should listen to me. But maybe you listen to me now when I tell you this. Verse 22. And now I urge you to take heart, for there will be no loss of life among you, but only of the ship. For there stood by me this night an angel of God, whom I belong, to whom I belong and to whom I serve, saying, Do not be afraid, Paul. You must be brought before Caesar, and indeed God has granted you all those that you sail with. Therefore, take heart, men, for I believe God that it will be just as it was told me. However, we must run aground on a certain island. You know, not only did, did Paul encourage them, he, he shared his faith in Jesus through, through a prophetic word. He told them, hey, an angel of the Lord stood beside me tonight and told me, you know, we're, we're going to make it. We're going to go through. We're going to make it to, to Italy. We're going to make it to Rome, but we're going to lose the ship. Nobody else is going to, uh, nothing going to happen to anybody else, but we're going to lose the ship. Verse 27, now when the 14th night had come, as we were driven up and down in the Adriatic Sea about midnight, the sailors sensed that they were drawing near some land and they took soundings and found it to be 20 fathoms. And when they had gone... 
a little further, they took soundings again and found it to be 15 fathoms. Then fearing lest that we should run aground on some rocks, they dropped four anchors from the stern and prayed for day to come. You ever been in a storm in your life and you're just praying for day? You're just praying for daylight to come. You're praying for some kind of relief, some way that you can see a way out of what you're going through. And verse 30 said, And as the sailors were seeking to escape from the ship, when they had let down the skiff into the sea, under pretense of putting out anchors from the prow, Paul said to the centurion, to the soldiers, Unless these men stay in the ship, you can't be saved. Then the soldiers cut away the ropes of the skiff and let it fall off. Notice here, they're a little bit more willing to listen to the Apostle Paul. He told him, you got to stay in the ship. If you're going to be saved, you're going to have to stay in the ship. You're going to have to stay in this place of safety. You're going to have to stay in this place that the angel of the Lord told us to be at. We got to stay in the ark of safety. We got to stay in that place where God has called us to walk and to dwell and to live and to be if we're going to be saved. Verse 33, and as day was about to dawn, Paul implored them all to take food, saying, today's the 14th day that you've waited and continued without food and eaten nothing. Therefore, I urge you to take nourishment, for this is your survival, since not a hair will fall from the head of any of you. And when he had said these things, he took bread and gave thanks to God in the presence of them all. And when he had broken it, he began to eat. Then they were all encouraged and also took food themselves. And in all, we were 276 persons on the ship. So when they had eaten enough, they lightened the ship and threw out the wheat into the sea. So here they are. They, they've been worried about this cargo. They've been trying to keep this cargo to, to, to take to where they needed it to get. And Paul tell them, hey, you, you got you to gotta eat. It's been 14 days. You got to eat something. You got to get your strength up because you're going to need your strength. That's what's going to carry you through is, is the strength that you're going to gain from this little bit of nourishment, you know? And so they ate all 276 of them. They ate, they, they put their food in. And when, when they got done eating, they started throwing the wheat overboard. They started throwing the excess cargo overboard. You know, it's interesting when your life is threatened, you have a whole different perspective on what things are important. You know, that precious cargo of grain didn't seem so important anymore. Survival was the driving force behind their efforts to lighten the load even more. You know, the, the, the devil has, has burdened a lot of you down. He's, he's, cumbered you about and he'll try to sink you while you're still trying to carry it. My advice to you tonight, lighten the load. Let loose of the burden tonight. Verse 39, when it was day, they did not recognize the land, but they observed a bay with a beach onto which they planned to run the ship if possible. And they let go the anchors and left them in the sea. Meanwhile, loosing the rudder ropes and they hoisted the mainsail 
to the wind and made for shore. But striking a place where two seas met, they ran the ship aground. And the prow stuck fast and remained immovable, but the stern was being broke up by the violence of the waves. So they let the ship go. They, they headed, they saw the beach. They started heading in. The, the prow of the, the ship, the front of the ship got stuck, but the rear end of the ship was, wasn't grounded yet. So the winds and the waves and the storm was beating on it and it was breaking the ship up. You know, everything had happened just like Paul had been saying. Hey, we're going to run aground. We're going to lose the ship. But, but lives are, are, are going to be saved. Are you tired of carrying your burden tonight? Are you weighed down? Are you under a depressing load? God wants to relieve you of that this evening. Verse 42. The soldier's plan was to kill the prisoners lest any of them should swim away and escape. But the centurion wanted to save Paul. Wanting to save Paul kept them from their purpose and commanded that those who could swim should jump overboard first and get to land. And the rest, some on board, some on parts of the ship. And so it was that they all escaped safely to land. Now here it is, Paul Paul had told them, hey, all, all the lives are going to be saved. And, and the soldiers, the, the, the guards were wanting to kill the prisoners. Hey, we're going to kill them so they don't escape. No, we can't do that. The centurion, the man who was in charge, said, we can't do that. We, we, everybody's got to make it to shore. Paul told them, we're not going to lose any lives. And, and the ship was being broken up and, and torn up. And they were being saved. You know, he told them, if, if you know how to swim, jump, swim to shore, get yourself there. But because the ship was being broke up, there was wood in the water. And the ones who couldn't swim were able to grab a hold of pieces of wood and things that would float and able to get to shore safely and be saved. Matthew uh, chapter 11 verses 28 through 30 says, Jesus says, come to me all you who are weary and burdened and I'll give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me for I'm gentle and humble in heart and you'll find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. You know, our, our, our enemy Satan will do anything he can to burden us down. To get us down, to push us down. Uh, because if you're laboring under a burden, it's hard to be full of joy. When you're under a burden, you can't live a victorious Christian life. When you're under a burden, you can't be an effective soldier of the cross. So Satan wants to weigh you down. He wants to push you down. He wants to hold you down. You know, he loads you down with guilt. Psalms 38, 4 says, My guilt has overwhelmed me like a burden too heavy for me to bear. God wants you to be free from your guilt tonight. He wants you to come clean before, before him. Repent of your sin. Unload that burden of guilt. 
You know, if, if you let him, Satan will uh, load you down with all kinds of burdens. He'll load you down with financial burdens. He'll load you down with sickness, with compulsive behaviors, with worry, with fear, with anxiety. He'll oppress you. He'll depress you. He'll, he'll possess you. He'll track you down. He'll distract you. He'll attack you. He'll rob you. He'll beat you. He'll leave you for dead. He'll criticize you. He'll demean you. He'll enslave you if you'll allow him to. He's a cruel taskmaster, and there's only one way to escape. And that's Jesus. You know, when, uh, when the evil king sent a cherub, you know, and he represents the devil, was attacking Israel, the word of the Lord came to the prophet Isaiah. And this is Isaiah chapter 14, verses 24 through 27. Said the Lord Almighty has sworn, surely as I have planned, so it will be. And as I have purposed, so it will stand. I will crush the Assyrian in my hand. On my mountains, I will trample him down. His yoke will be taken from my people and his burden removed from their shoulders. This is the plan determined for the whole world. This is the hand stretched out over all nations. For the Lord Almighty is purposed, and who can thwart him? His hand is stretched out, and who can turn it back? You know, Israel was under severe attack and oppression from this evil king. Yet God had a plan of deliverance for his people. And, and in fact, he did save them from his enemy. And make no mistake about it, the devil is our enemy. But a lot of people have made an unstated covenant with the enemy. You know, here's the pact that a lot of Christians have made with the devil. I won't bother you if you don't bother me. I won't bother your side of the tracks if you don't bother my side of the tracks. I won't disturb your peace if you'll leave me alone. I won't tell others about Jesus if you'll just stay away from me. I won't preach against you if you don't rail against me. I won't teach against you. I won't tell people what sin is if you don't sick your demons on me. I won't pray against you if you don't pray on me. That's P-R-E-Y. But you know what? Satan's a liar. And he's a covenant breaker. So, you know, here's the thing. If you've entered into that pact with the devil, either unintentionally or unintentionally, you, you've put a heavy burden on yourself. You've weighed yourself down with all of this garbage that's impossible to carry so right now we're going to unburden ourselves we're, we're going we're going to relieve ourselves of this pressure so i want you wherever you are pray this prayer with me lord jesus break the power of all intentional 
and unintentional covenants I may have made with the devil. Lord, remove all burdens that Satan has put on me. Lord, make me a Holy Ghost warrior. Work through me to tear down the strongholds of the devil in the mighty name of Jesus who exalted above everything else. Amen. You know, the Bible says in, in James chapter 4, verses 7 through 10, Submit yourselves then to God. Resist the devil and he'll flee from you. Come near to God and he'll come near to you. Wash your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. Grieve, mourn, wail, change your laughter to mourning and your joy to gloom. Humble yourselves before the Lord and he will lift you up. It's time that we submit ourselves to God. We wonder why the devil's not loosening us and letting us go. It's because we're not submitting ourselves to God. We're not doing the things that God has called us to and walking the way that God wants us to walk and living the way that God wants us to live. We're just floating through life. We're, we're going through life like, like those uh, little wind-up toys. You know, the, the kids used to have these little cars you'd wind up and you'd put them down and they'd run and until they hit a car and then they'd spin and they'd run till they hit something else and then they'd spin and they'd run till they hit something else and that's the way we live our christian walk a lot of times we we'll go until we run into some kind of obstacle and then we'll turn well that's not the right way let's go this way for a while and instead of trying to find out what the will and the purpose is of that god has for our life we're just wandering around like some kind of bouncy toy. The Apostle Peter tells us in 1 Peter 5, 8, and 9, Be self-controlled and alert. Your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. Resist him, standing firm in the faith. So how in the world do we overcome the devil? How, how in the world do we win this thing? Two things. Number one, by having the blood of the lamb painted on the doorpost and on the lintels of our heart. You know, whenever the, the death angel was coming through the, the land of Egypt, when they were getting ready to, to head out, Moses told them, you know, take the blood of the lamb that, that, that you've took into the house with you and that you've sacrificed. Take that blood, put it on the doorpost and on the lintels. And when the death angel comes through, he won't come in and enter in to to your your place and he won't bother you and, and so we got to get the blood of jesus applied on the doorpost and the lintels of our life so that we can be known as what god has called us to be we you know we always got to stay pure before god when we sin we got to clean that mess up right away when we fall short we've got to be sure that we repent and we ask god to help us and to 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 draw us closer to him. We've got to get forgiveness for those things immediately. So through the blood of Jesus and through our testimony. 
You know, with confidence, we have to tell others what Jesus has done in our lives. That's our personal testimony. We need to speak out the testimony of what God is going to do through us. We need to speak out the prophecies, the visions, the dreams, the destiny that God has spoken into our lives. We need to be walking and doing the things that God has called us to do and, and living the way that he wants us to live. Revelation chapter 12, verses 7 through 11 says this, there was war in heaven. Michael and his angels fought against the dragon and the dragon and his angels fought back, but he was not strong enough and they lost their place in heaven. The great dragon was hurled down, that ancient serpent called the devil or Satan, who leads the whole world astray. He was hurled down to the earth and his angels with him. Then I heard a loud voice in heaven say, Now have come the salvation and the power and the kingdom of our God and the authority of his Christ. For the accuser of our brothers who accuses them before our God day and night has been hurled down. They overcame him by the blood of the lamb and by the word of their testimony. They did not love their lives so much as to shrink back from death. There it is. We overcome the devil by the blood of the lamb and by the word of our testimony. You know, every time the devil tries to put a burden on you, shake it off. Shake it off by the blood of the lamb and by the word of, uh, of your testimony. Testify of the goodness of God to the people that you come in contact with every day. Keep the blood of Jesus applied to your life. When you sin, when you fall short, repent. Get under the blood. Cast it back. Begin to live the way that God wants us to live. You know, a man had a donkey that, that accidentally fell down in a well. And he didn't have a way to get him out. You know, the, the, the well was too deep. It was a dry well. The well was too deep. The donkey was too far down. He had no way to, to get him out. So he thought, man, th this donkey is going to die down here. It's going to stink. So he just decided to cover the donkey up with dirt while he was down in the well and just go ahead and put him, put him out of his misery. You know, as he thought, surely if, if I fill this well up, then the dirt will smother the donkey. He'll die and he'll be out of his misery and I don't have to worry about getting him out. This, this isn't a water well anyway. It, it's dried up. It's not anything there so the man set about his job of filling in the hole so he started digging and filling in and bringing dirt and filling in and dropping it in the hole and dropping it in the hole but what happened is every time he shoveled a a scoop of dirt down into the well it hit the donkey on the back and on the head and the donkey would bray and he'd make noise and and, and and the man just felt so sorry for the donkey because he thought, you know, he was in pain or he was hurting. And, but the little donkey, whenever he would throw the dirt in, he would, he would, he would bray and he would shake the dirt off. And he'd step up a little higher. And he'd throw dirt in the hole and he'd, the little donkey would shake it off and he'd step up a little higher. Until finally the, the little fella had thought that he had put enough, enough dirt in the hole to cover the 
donkey up and he looks down in the thing and as he looks over in the well, the little donkey's looking right back at him in the face and he sees the thing that I was going to do to kill this donkey, to get him out of his misery, he's used it as a stepping stone to get out of this well. All of his work, all of his trying to put the, the little donkey out of misery was actually just a way for the little donkey to get out of his predicament. So every time the devil tries to put a burden on you, every time the devil tries to weigh you down with circumstances and situations, just plead the blood of Jesus, testify of the goodness of God, shake it off, and step up a little bit higher. Amen? Shake it off by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of your testimony. And as you shake it up, shake it off, climb a little higher, Till you're out of that pit. Till you're out of that place. Till you've lightened your load. Amen. Hallelujah. Appreciate you tuning in tonight. Be safe with the weather that that is coming in. If you don't have to be out, don't be out. Stay off the road. Remember... This is one of those situations where this is full insurance coverage weather. If you don't have full coverage insurance, don't be on the road. If you can keep from it. Stay safe. We love you. We appreciate you. And we'll see you Sunday morning, 1030, at Faith Fellowship Church, 7921 3rd Street Road, Louisville, Kentucky. God bless you. We love you. This concludes this message. Thank you for listening. We pray that it's been a blessing to you. For more information about FFC or its ministries, please contact the church office. God bless you. And remember, Jesus is Lord.